Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Little Fish Podcast, Season 3, The School of Marketing. I'm Joel Eschenbach, and so glad to have you back. Today, we're going to talk to some of my favorite people, our designers on staff at Notion, Ryan Parker and Kaylee Kissabeth, about the importance of compelling design for your brand. But before we get into that conversation, I want to talk about my School of Marketing Masterclass coming up in just over a month. Now, I would love to have you in the the Marketing Masterclass. It's going to be me and you and some other business owners. We're going to walk away with a plan, a digital marketing plan for your business, a sales funnel that works, a website that works, and ultimately the knowledge that you need to create a digital marketing plan for yourself for the future. You'll learn knowledge in this Masterclass that you'll be able to use over and over again to launch products or businesses or just to market your existing business. It's a 12-week course. It's going to have a lot of working together. We're going to get a lot done in it, but ultimately it's going to be, I think, really valuable to you. Uh, Join the waitlist now uh, because I'm only actually accepting 12 people into the class. And so if you join the waitlist now, you get $50 off the class. Also, everybody that joins the masterclass gets free access, a free year's worth of access to Business Made Simple University. I could go on and on about Business Made Simple University. It's the curriculum we're going to be using for the class, but also there is so much in BMSU that you can use right away in your business. It's just really actionable, helpful content. So join now, go to the littlefishpodcast.com forward slash masterclass, join the waitlist, And I can't wait to see you soon in the masterclass. All right. So today we're talking to really some of my best friends. Um, I, I talked about, we, you know, we're doing a whole series on marketing here. We are a design agency at Notion Design Group. We've got to talk about the importance of design. It's easy sometimes to get caught up in the words and the systems and the processes. All of those are important. We've talked about that. We've got to talk about how to get traffic to your website once all that's set up in place. But design, it's the first thing that catches people's attention. It's the thing that catches their eye and their attention before they start reading the words. So compelling design is extremely important. And on today's episode, I've brought on Kaylee Kissabeth. Kaylee has been with us as a full-time designer for almost 10 years at Notion. She is a wealth of knowledge and just super smart when it comes to design, but also when it comes to strategy around design. And then Ryan Parker is with us. You've probably heard his name if you've listened to any of the previous episodes. He's the producer for this podcast, but he is also a co-owner of Amity Brothers Coffee. We had an episode about with them in the first season. And Ryan has also with us, been with us for a number of years as a designer, super talented. So I know you're going to get a lot out of today's episode. Let's jump right into my conversation with Ryan Kaylee about compelling design for your brand. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the show. I, it's like, it's, it's so normal for me to have you on here because we literally do these meetings every week. But I want to start with saying before I officially introduce you here is that there is not a week that goes by that somebody doesn't say to me, the design you guys do at Notion Design Group is top notch or I love it or it's amazing. Um, And, uh, you know, we owe all that to you guys. Ryan and Kaylee, welcome to the Little Fish Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So Ryan and Kaylee are our designers at Notion Design Group. And really all three of us are designers. Um, That's my background too. I started as a designer. I don't do much anymore. In fact, you guys give me a hard time about that. But (laughs) that's the way it goes as a business grows, right? Um, But you guys just put out some incredible design work from branding to website design to uh, print design, whatever it is we do. You're always surprising me. And it's like, I can't wait. I'm like a giddy kid 
when you guys are like, I finished that mock-up or I finished that logo, when I get to open it and see it, I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's so exciting. It's like a gift at Christmas. So, all right. That's enough of me just laying it <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I feel the same way when I get to see Kaylee stuff too. I was about to say that. I was like, I always get really excited. Like, oh, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to work together. Well, today, for everybody that's listening or watching, what I want to get into today is to talk about what are some practical tips that can help people as they're thinking about doing their own design or hiring somebody to do the design. Also, I want to get into branding a little bit, logo design and branding, what that means. So let's start there. Let's start with branding. It's this big word. It's not that big of a word, but it's a, it's a big word. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So when you're talking about branding in relationship to a small business, Kayla, let's start with you. What is branding to you uh, for specifically for a small business? What does that mean? Um, well, again, I think I go more the technical side of things. So branding literally means identity. It is the voice. It is the visual representation of a company. Um, it can be its typeface, it can be its logo, it can be its colors, photography, all kinds of stuff go into what that actual voice is. But the main purpose of it is to convey, here's what we're about. Here's who we are. Um, here's the feeling that we want to invoke. And here's the message that we want to get across. And I think that it, it's, it's literally the identity of that company. Yeah. I like how you said it's a feeling too, the feeling that is invoked by all of the elements that, that you put out as a company from logo to photography, to your words and messaging, to every part of it all comes together to evoke a feeling. And that's what your brand is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of times people just see it as logo and it's really important to see beyond that. It's, it's literally, the voice of that company and what is that or that nonprofit or whatever that is, it's, it's, it's a, it's voice, it's identity. It's what is it trying to say in the world? Hmm. That's good stuff. Ryan, you got anything you want to add about brand? I mean, she, she nailed it on the head. I she mean, hit it. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, that I, I read something that said brands live in the minds of people. So it's, it's, it's this concept and it's this abstract thing that when you get it right, it's almost like a, it's almost like there are modern, uh, what did we talked about it one time, like the modern gods of our day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I think it was you, yeah. Kaylee, that said that one time, almost like the, the pantheon. Uh, yeah. Of, Apple and Verizon are fighting. And so it's not going to be a good year for crops. So <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But big brands are like larger than life in our mind. They, they really exist. They take up space. And I think yeah. even as a small business, again, that's abstract and that's big, but even as a small business, it's important to think about, does your brand take up space in someone's mind in a good way? And mm -hmm. if not, how can we get it to do that? And that would be the goal so that when they think of how do I need help with this service or this, this problem I need solved? Oh, I've got this company in my mind. Here they are. Yeah. Right. I, I think, think also, oh, sorry. I think also it, it, you could think of it as like a personality. Um, so like if you have a group of friends and you are looking at an activity, you can immediately guess which one of those friends is going to be interested in that activity because you know their personality. And then you can actually talk to them and think what they want, but it's getting that general vibe of who is this person? 
Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I was going to say it set it, the brand should set you apart in your industry. Kind of like, uh, kind of like that analogy. What was Kaylee saying is like, what friend you would know your friend. Oh, my friend is a drummer. So I would talk to him about music or my friend's a great baker. I'm going to talk to her about, you know, cake and <laughs> cookies. <and stuff>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I feel like it should set you apart so that way they know what you do in your field. But then also I think a big thing with branding is Joel, you were saying earlier, it was kind of like, it, sh it, it pushes culture. And I know that sounds big, but it means like if Apple wasn't pushing what they're like, we wouldn't have touch phones. We wouldn't have things that they're, you know, not setting things apart from everyone else. So it sets culture. It pushes our, the world, I think. Mm -hmm. no, that's kind of a bigger but yeah so no that's that's good and, yeah. and I, I think that that's the good place to start is this big idea of who are you what's your voice what's your tone what's your feel how do you take up space in people's minds that's the big abstract side of it but narrowing that down now to okay well what does that look like when the rubber meets the road like what does that actually look like in real life and part of it is words and in this um, in the school of marketing so far, we've been talking a lot about the words side of it, getting your messaging right, what words are you using, what tools are you using to get those words to people. And I think ultimately, it's, it's like Donna Miller says, people buy products because of the words that they read. But before they get to the words, something's got to capture their attention. And that is your brand and that is your design. So <clears throat> let's narrow down to talk specifically about design. We've got words, we've got messaging all in place. What about brand design? Um, visual elements and, and, and all that of a logo. Um, well, where do people start with logo design, you guys think? The logo side of branding. Um, well, I think first of all, it, it comes down to your name. It's really what you're going to name. Your, if you already have a name, that's one thing, figuring out if that's actually a good representation of what you're wanting to say, what you're wanting to represent. If people can immediately guess what you're talking about by your name, and if not, if you have an effective tagline that then uh, leads them to that, that's super important. One tip, just as like a small business owner, super important to Google your name, not just to see if anybody else has taken it, but to make sure that there's no other like connotations or that your acronyms don't mean something. It needs to be appropriate, both in what it means and also not being an acronym for something unsavory that you don't realize. Yeah, we've seen that before. People get excited. We, they, they put a name out there. And, and a lot of times we try to look it up and inform people if, it's, if we see something obvious or they buy a domain name. Oh, my gosh. Domain names that I've seen come through that you're like, oh, they didn't, they didn't look at that from different angles and realize that that actually spells something else. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. Is it appropriate? Does, does somebody else have it? Is somebody else using it in a way that you don't want to connect with your brand at all? Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And I think that, you know, especially from a very beginning perspective, startup perspective, um, give it some thought. I mean, ask people, run it by people. Um, it's that whole like thing about you, if you're trying to name your child and then all of a sudden you have all of the people in the world that you've ever met with that name that you just did not like that one bank teller that just was so rude. And so now we can't name him Trevor. And it's like, you know, that kind of people do that when they're naming something important and like good brands can solid brands can live for years. And I think that the thought behind, especially the name, um, is important. 
Um, if you already have something that's you know established, then thinking through a tagline again to make sure that that really is saying what you're wanting. Um, and then from a logo perspective, I think that versatility is really important. Um, making sure that this thing will work on the side of a truck or that this thing will also work on a t-shirt, will also work on a, you know, whatever printed material you're gonna do and also on web. What is it gonna look like if someone saves it on their phone? Um, what is it gonna look like in post? So that's something that's really shifted over the last couple of years because we're in such an intense content consumption time that we really have to be creating for all of these different mediums. So it needs to work at you on YouTube and it needs to work, you know, on TikTok or wherever you find yourself, it needs to make sense there. So the, the, next, the next social, social media channel that pops up tomorrow, you know, because right. that's how it is. That's how quickly things are changing. Yeah. It absolutely is. And I think Ryan, you do a good job too of pulling out those different elements of when you're doing a logo and you're creating a brand. Tell us a little bit about those, the different elements and the different approach that you take with a logo design. Well, for as a designer or as a, what a client should be looking? Well, either way. I mean, either way you want to go. Well, my first step is to kind of look into the industry of what I'm designing for. And then I would recommend that as a client too. If you're starting a company, look at your competitors, look at the people that are in your, in your fields. So that way you can kind of stay on I mean, you don't want to create, say if you're a dog walker, you don't want to create like something that looks super techie. You don't want some, you know, you want something that's friendly, like, like a dog, <laughs> like you yeah. want something that fits that brand. So you want to create something that is like that. So that's kind of where I probably start. I'm more of an aesthetic. I look at aesthetics first, which I think Kaylee and I work really well together because she's talking about like your name, the tagline. Uh, so yeah, I try to think of more aesthetics, which I tried to find where she was kind of saying where you have all these different sort of uh, platforms now. So being able to create a logo mark that is a symbol that will be able to work on multiple platforms. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. I think a lot of the different things with me is that it comes more naturally. So it's hard for me to, to actually put words to it. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but well, yeah. I think, I think that's it. There's, there's this element of doing something and there's an element of teaching it that are, two very different things, which is a good segue because mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about other types of design. But when it comes to brand and logo design, I would highly recommend that you hire a professional. Now, I realize in saying that that's kind of self-serving um, because we have an agency, a design agency at Notion Design Group. That's what we do. In fact, a little plug here is we have a couple of packages. We have a simple logo design package that's a little more affordable for your startup. And we have a full branding package that we do. And we even have a graphics pack where we'll do your social media uh, icons, profile images, story icons for Instagram, email templates, everything. So I recommend starting with a designer when it comes to logo. Unless you're a designer, it's really difficult to create your own logo. That's the one place if you're going to hire a designer, you should do it. When it comes to some of the other design elements that we're going to get into, I think you can do some of those on your own. But that would be my, my two cents on that too. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the things to remember is that a really strong, again, a long, strong logo will last a long time. Websites really do have expiration dates just because the technology is moving forward so quickly. And what we were designing, you know, five years ago, we had no idea the amount of time people were going to be on their phones. And most, you know, people are going to be looking at websites through their phones now. And just as new capabilities come, you want to keep that fresh. But 
If I can't, I mean, a good solid logo, it'll go through multiple, multiple websites. So okay. multiple rebrandings, all that kind of stuff. It's really important to get that first personality down. And then it, that will inform thousands of decisions you make inside your own company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something to keep in mind as, as someone that is starting a company is to understand that a, lo- a lot of comp- like company owners think of it, oh, it's just a logo. I'll throw $100 into it. And that's something that is going to bring in sales. That's going to something that you're hoping that's going to make you thousands or, you know, thousands of dollars to possibly, you know, support your family and other people's family. So if yeah. you're, you're going to spend a hundred dollars into something that is supposed to bring you that much money, I think you should check your, like your motives a little bit, just because it, you need to, you need to hire someone that's professional. That's going to be able to create that brand. That's going to be able to last that long. And yeah, be able and, to throw and- hundred. Go ahead. And what I was going to say, and to practice what you preach, I love this story. Like, so, so those of you who are listening, Ryan and his, his friends run a, a side hustle called Amity mm-hmm. Brothers Coffee. Amazing coffee. Talk about it all the time. I drink it. In fact, <laughs> we're all drinking Amity Brothers Coffee right now. All three go. of us. There it is. Little promo. Actually, if you, if you go back to season one of the Little Fish podcast, I think it's episode two or three. There's a whole episode about, about you guys, which is awesome. Check that out. But anyway... Um, you guys, you're a designer full time. This is what you do all day, every day. And you're great, amazing at it. But you hired an outside designer and artist to do your guys' brand for Amity. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, well, yeah, a lot of my buddies, obviously, are my two other co-owners. They're like, why? This is what you do for a living. Why are you going to spend the money? Uh, And me just being the creative that I am, I think I just see my imperfections in my work and I didn't really want to I didn't want to do that but I also wanted something I, I love brand so I I had this identity made up in my mind and I wanted something that was kind of like old tattoo meets like Ill, modern illustration kind of stuff so I'm not an illustrator I've never been good with my hands that's why I do work on the computer so I found an illustrator uh, in uh, California that I've been following for years and I love his work his name's Daniel Patrick, and uh, yeah, we hired. I hired him. I gave him. He that's what he does. So it's just like hire people that are professionals in what they do. I could have easily created a, a logo, bought bought a illustrated coffee, you know, mark on Adobe, and called it a day. But like I wanted, I mean, that was two. That would have been two dollars. I spent you know seventeen hundred dollars on yeah. on our logo, you know. So it's something that I could have easily created, but I wanted to put that in somebody else's. And now every, we get, we get tons of people loving our brand and, you know, he it's created a great, multi- yeah. Yeah. It's a great brand. And really, like you said, practice what you preach, like something about having that outside perspective. It's good. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I want to transition a little bit into design. So uh, talk about some importance of great or compelling design, because I think people are across the board with, with good design. Some people will feel like, yeah, everything needs to be designed top-notch, professional. And then other people will be like, get your stuff out there, worry about design later. Uh, I think there's some merit in bo- a little bit of both of those approaches. But first impression with design is huge. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, one thing, I mean, I am a, a chronic DIYer. So I, there's nothing wrong with 
put pulling it together, you know, and starting with something. And I think that one of the biggest things that that is that is a, a hindrance to a lot of small businesses is starting, you know. And so I, you know, I'm saying you need to have time and plan out what you're wanting to do, but also it's way easier to edit something than it is to start completely fresh. So even if it is just starting with a logo, build on that. Don't see it as something that's finished and solid and never, you're never coming back to it. See it as something that's evolving like a personality. And so one of the, again, back to Amity, one of the things I love about that brand is that it is evolving over time and that it is, you know, something that they're adding to as they're growing as a company. And I think that's super important to view your brand that way. Um, I think that when people are coming to a website, the very first thing they're going to see is going to be emotion. We're very visual creatures. And so when you see, you know, when you see a person, you're already kind of figuring out what you think you're going to get from that person. And it's the same thing with websites. When you see a website, your brain within milliseconds is deciding what kind of information and what kind of service you're going to be receiving from this before you've even processed a single letter, the photography, the colors, the typeface, all of it, you're making thousands of little tiny decisions in your brain about what you're seeing. Um, that's just the miracle of the human brain. That's how it works. So at the very beginning, the first impression, I think one of my absolute top tips would is for websites specifically is that first photograph. Um, I think a lot of times people put what they think is most important or they really overthink this section and they'll put like their entire fleet of trucks. Mm -hmm. They're really proud about their trucks. They've spent a lot of money. They've spent a lot of time. It is incredibly impressive to them, but to a person who's coming in there, they're not looking to buy vans. You know, they're not looking to get that. They're looking for someone they're going to trust to come into their house with their little two-year-old in the middle of the night with a broken pipe. They just want to know you're going to be a trustworthy plumber. They don't really care what your truck looks like. So there's a whole like disconnect there. You can put that lower down, talk about it all you want. But those first couple seconds of here I am, who's, this is what you're going to get is so, so, so important that, that whether it's photography, whether it's design, that first section is incredibly important. Yeah, that first impression. I, I, you said milliseconds. I actually read a study that said it was 50 milliseconds. People can make a decision about your, the visual appeal of, of your website or your design, your logo, your brand, whatever. It's kind of like the body language. You know, like people have body language or micro expressions. That happens in the design side of things. People come to your website and immediately they're like, well, I trust this company or I don't. <clears throat> We're hitting on a couple of different things here because you also talked about trust. And yeah. good design, compelling design, professional design actually builds trust in a brand. And that's a, that's a tangible feeling that someone has. And so it's important to take the time to do that. Um, we were looking at some things that, that, are, that create mistrust uh, when it comes to design. And a few of those things, um, there was a study done where these kinds, so I'm gonna go over a couple of things. These types of things, created mistrust in the, the consumers who are visiting these websites. So these kind of complaints accounted for 94% of the reasons users rejected or mistrusted a website. And many of them are design related. For instance, like a complex or busy layout 
when you have a bunch of crap. I mean, how many times have we seen that? People just like, we got to get everything above the fold, everything, yep. put yep. everything up there. We don't want to miss anything. And I think one of the things that people miss with that is the more stuff, the actual actually makes it harder to see what's there. It's not an issue of if we don't put everything up here, that people are going to miss it. It's if you put too much stuff up there, they're going to miss it because the yeah. eye can only focus on a certain amount of things at a time. Yeah. So, so I think that's a good one. Um, boring web design, <laughs> especially the <laughs> use of color. In other words, the site has nothing. And yeah. Unless you're a writer writing a blog, your site should have some color and some, some graphic images that really attract and pull the eye to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one that really stuck out to me was um, the, uh, well, you already mentioned the inappropriate name of the website. That was one. But uh, small print or too much text. If you have text, I talked about this in my previous episode about website mistakes. If you have too much text, you got to break it up at the very least into headers and subheaders because immediately when we all see walls of text, we're like, see ya. Oh, yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, think about like, you don't want to hang out with a person that only speaks in paragraphs. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I think I have to think of myself. I, I'm a very visual person. So when I think of designing for clients, I'm like, as long as it looks pretty, they're going to buy stuff. (laughs) Like, uh, so I have to think of obviously where marketing and design comes in hand in hand, where obviously the 50, the 50 milliseconds is going to get you, it's going to get you compelled and come back. But it's, you have to think of this, the 50% of the, the, the people that are reading instead of seeing the design, like Tommy, our coder, he's just all about like, it doesn't matter. It looks nice. Who cares? But what's it reading? Yeah. So I, as, des- as a designer, I have to think about, think about those two types of people where I'm just like, looks pretty. I'm going to buy the product. There's another one. There's another person that's like, it looks pretty, but I don't know. Like it might be a crappy product. I'm not going to buy it. So you have to kind of like think about that. They definitely go hand in hand marketing and, and branding. Yeah. For the first sure. one, for sure. One of the interesting things is that, you know, a website can very much be like a salesperson. But the difference is that if you're a person and you're having a conversation with somebody, you can read their body language and you can tell that they're like, all right, but what does it do? And then you can switch gears and go into all of the features. Or if they're like, okay, this is a lot of information. Like how, what does it look like? Then you can switch gears and start talking that way. Website has to do it all. You know, a website has to be able to communicate with any different type of learning or comprehension that somebody's coming to it with you know if they are detail focused they're going to go find those details if they're aesthetic focused they're going to enjoy the aesthetic but you have to be able to do all of that and that's again back to that brand voice it's so important to get that correct so that somebody knows there's a million people doing what you're doing but no one's doing it like you do and so what makes you different Uh And what's that feeling that you're evoking when someone's coming to your website? Do they have a feeling of trust and reassurance and excitement even? I think I go to some sites um, and it doesn't have to just be sites. It could be social media profiles. It could be posts. It could be, it it could be anything ads. If, if I have that sense of trust, it's important, but sometimes I have a sense of excitement because of the way something is designed specifically. And then I read the words and I've had experiences on both sides where I read the words and I'm even more delighted (laughs) or I read the words and like, Ooh, the design's good, but the words suck. 
it, it all matters for sure. But design is that very first impression that pulls people in. Mm-hmm. All right, here are some practical tips. I, I want to finish off our episode with, with four, at least four practical takeaways that people can implement when it comes to design and their business. Uh, the first thing is consistency with your brand. So, um, and you can, there's different studies on this, but most people kind of agree that it takes about five years for your brand to really become, people have full brand awareness of your brand. So that could be nationally, it could be locally, depending on your business, but about five years. So what that means is you, once you get your brand and overall voice kind of, kind of put out there, you're always going to be tweaking it and changing it. But to some extent, you have to stay consistent, even if you get bored with it. So let's talk about that a little bit. How many times have we or seen clients just get bored with what they have out there and they're like, I'm ready to change it? I do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's harder for me. It's easy for me to do it because as a designer, it's just like it's at my fingertips. I'm going to be able to do it. But yeah, it's it's super important to, to stay consistent over time because just because you see it every day doesn't mean everyone else is seeing it every day. Uh, a good analogy uh, is that I play at a church and we do new songs and we have to, we get sick, sick of these songs because we listen to them all, all week to practice. And then we play the song and then they, the people that are coming to church, they hear it for the first time. And then we've already heard it like probably 70 times, but we have to play it three times in a row each week. So that way they get to learn the song. So you kind of have to think of it in that way where like people have to learn your brand, understand the colors, understand your voice over time, so many different times before they even realize they even saw you. I think, I don't even remember, I don't even know how to source it, but I remember seeing something where you have to, people don't realize they see you until they see you for the third time or something. And so you just have to keep that in mind. Like it's five, yeah, so it's five years, like keep your brand consistent for at least five years. Try to stay, and it's hard, especially a designer, but yeah, and you can add you can add visual elements, change things here and there, but for the most part, yeah, don't go crazy one year in and go, let's go a totally different direction. Right. That, that that takes away. It's almost like marketing is like this too, but it's an exercise in memorization. People need to constantly be reminded of, oh, that's the colors. That's Kayla, do you want to talk a little bit about colors and, and fonts and that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the song analogy is app is amazing so from a again back to like a practical doable perspective if you're thinking that a brand is really made up of its logo marks it's made of its color its typeface sometimes there's iconography styles so whether they're solid or aligned or colored or that kind of thing Um, and then photography and those are like the main core bites of your voice and it's super important to get those down and then don't don't go away from them Um, especially with uh, fonts, sometimes it can be tricky to find the exact font. Um, So if you're making things on social media, if you're making things using other um, websites or whatever, make sure that you're finding fonts that match. Most people will not be able to tell the difference between the the font if they're not exact, but they need to be close. You don't need to be switching all out and, and, you know, whatever, just picking whatever random font comes up. You need to find something close. And you need to just keep using it over and over again. And one, again, one of the important things about a voice, instead of thinking about your brand as the logo, thinking about it as the overall, all, how all those elements play together, 
then you don't get as bored because you can use multiple elements. And we've got a couple different brands that we've done that with where we have a main logo mark and then we have additional elements that we can sprinkle in, but it's super important to keep that connected. Um, I will say that it also is important to find the balance between not using your voice at all. Um, we've seen sites that are just gray, they're empty offices, you know, they're just non, it's just, they just grab a template and they put their logo at the top. And then we've also seen ones that are way overused. I mean, an example I have, I was looking for a doctor and the doctor was really into lavender. And so her entire site was just lavender, like fields of it, pictures of it, icons of it. Yeah. It had nothing to do with her actual practice. And it was so overwhelming that I wasn't able to actually get to who she was or what her practice was about. So I think that's another important part of it is finding the balance, using it, using it correctly, and then letting it go. Don't go overboard with that. Um, yeah. But making we, and we, sure you're about your brand is more than just a logo. Yeah. No, that's good. We, we, uh, I was thinking with the lavender, we could fall into that trap because our main color at Notion is red. And red is such a bold color that we have to be really careful how much we use red. You can easily overuse it. So we try to use it as an accent color and switch it up where we can or use complementary colors. But, but yeah, that's, I mean, consistency is tough, but it's just super important. And any, any branding company, any design company that you're hiring worth their weight in salt and gold, whatever that expression is. <laughs> worth, their, worth their worth in pixels. <laughs> yeah, worth their weight in pixel. Yeah will provide you brand guidelines. And to some people, brand guideline documentation is like, eh, this is boring. It's so technical and formal, but it's really meant to be a tool for you to use as your company. When you go back to give your logo to a, a, a print shop, for instance, to design brochures for you, or maybe it's another designer that's going to create something on social for you, send them your brand guidelines. There's a reason those were created. The designer has that as a template or a framework to work from and say, okay, I'm going to use these fonts. I'm going to use these colors. And there we go. Instead of just them starting from scratch and doing their own interpretation of your brand, because over time you'll just have all kinds of crap out there and nothing's consistent. Absolutely. All right. Number two, we touched on this a little bit. Unless you're a designer, don't do it all by yourself. Uh, again, I know this is kind of self-serving, but if your budget's low, that's fine. Start with hiring somebody to do a logo and then build from there, but don't do it all yourself. Do some yeah. of it yourself. What are some things people can do on their own versus who they should, what they should hire people for? I mean, on their own as in like logo design or? No, beyond logo designs. Let's say they hire somebody for logo design. They've got their logo, maybe their brand guidelines put together. Then they want to do some stuff on their own. Do you have some examples of things that you think would be better for them to do on their own versus others? <laughs> All the um, designers are like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think running, running social is one of those things that people talk about a lot. But um, again, one of the things that I find with marketing and with, with branding is that people, when we talk about consumers, a lot of times I feel like we talk about them very mindlessly. Like they are just going to see a big red button and they're just going to like be a mosquito and just be drawn straight to it and click it. And then before you know it, they've just checked out all your inventory. Like they're people on the other side of that screen. 
And so I think there's some authenticity that gets lost when you offload everything to another person. We find this a lot where people will send us like, oh, just write on our, our about page. And we're like, we don't know you. We've had two meetings with you. We can understand what your brand is about, but I don't know how many dogs you have. I don't know, you know, why you got into this business. And I don't really know what it is about the business that you love so much. That's something you should be writing. And so I think if you can find, again, back to the brand voice, if you can find like, this is the color scheme. Um, we have a dot pattern that's really cool or we have a icon that's really cool, but then I'm gonna take pictures of me with my clients today. I'm just gonna snap a quick selfie of like, hey, I'm out of this project, we're having a great time, put those brand elements on it. That's something that no design agency is gonna be able to do for you. We're not gonna be able to be you. So I think that um, that's something that's really important is to remember that there are people on the other side of these screens that are looking to get to know you and get to know what you do. And so I think the initial stages of finding a professional that can help you really streamline and communicate correctly what your brand is, and then you take it and you make it real. Yeah, that's good. And there's some, there's some great tools out there to help with that. Two that come to mind, most people know about Canva. Canva's are a really great place to start because they have a lot of professionally designed templates and things. But again, when you use Canva, make sure that you're using like Kaylee just said, your brand um, elements and your brand colors and fonts. But another one that I like is Adobe Spark because Adobe Spark, you can create templates that are, that are set up for your brand and you create that, those templates first, fonts, colors, styles, and then all of your posts, social posts, you can do in every different size and, and type. They'll build off of that framework or that template that, that Spark sets up for you. So that's a good tool as well for doing it yourself. And there's a thousand, yeah. there's a thousand tools out there. And there's also for resources on getting, obviously you can hire us for design and logos, but if you're looking to get some sort of logo, you can, uh, 99 designs, I think is a good yeah. one and Upwork. Yeah. And I mean, I know this kind of counter contradicts what I said earlier about the hundred dollar logo, but you can get a, a good, pretty good logo for a hundred bucks on 99 designs. How it works is that people kind of like bid with designs and you can pick which ones you like. So that's yeah. a good resource too. Well, to, to chime into that, yes, in the best case scenario, it's worth spending and investing the money because there's going to be a huge difference, like you said earlier. But having 99designs do a logo is better than you doing it yourself. Exactly. So it, there's like stair-step approaches there. And I think this goes to what Kaylee was saying is that, I mean, starting with something, starting with the brand that you can extend on. So take that 99designs or Upwork Design logo that you have and then expand on that later on to so start something with something super simple and then add on to that because if you start with something super super loud and for you to be able to strip that down it's going to be harder so just yeah. keep that in mind just chisel away really as much as you can it's a good point yeah i think that's a really important thing to to talk about is that you can start somewhere it's it's more important to get something on the page um we regularly will have people have a have a logo that they've had it for years and they're tired of it and they're like, take it, take a stab at it. What do you want to do? And we'll do designs. And eventually they, and a lot of times they go back to their original logo because it's what they recognize. They put thought into it. It feels familiar to them. It's that broken in, you know, shoes that fit them. And what we can do instead of trying to go a whole new direction or reinvent themselves every three years, we can take elements from that. So I recently did one where it was a very, 
Um, it was a very, they used this logo a ton. They'd use it over and over again. And this was a new iteration of their website. And I took their logo and broke it into different pieces. I took elements of the logo and used it throughout the site. And that's an example of being able to start with something and then it can evolve as you evolve as a brand. Um, and I think, you know, starting somewhere, Fiverr is a great experience. I think that's another one where you can, put you can bid and put things out there and then people will um choose almost like a like thumbtack or that kind of thing but it's for design specifically um there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there yeah yeah that's good all right number three hire a photographer hire a photographer or or at least take original photography now this is one where gosh i we could probably talk way too long about it but I cannot tell you how many times we have had people come to us. And one of the things I always say as a design agency, we can do a lot with a little, but we need a little. And what I mean by a little is give us a couple of photos to work with. Um, Original photography always beats stock photography, even the best stock photography. And I think most people know that intuitively, but they feel like it's not worth it to spend the money for a photo shoot. It's worth every bit of the time and money that it takes to do a quick photo shoot to get good original images. Absolutely. I remember we had a, uh, we had some restaurants and they hired a photographer and it was, it was a production. They made a bunch of food. They got all of their food, you know, photographed in this amazing lighting. It is years later and we are still using pictures from it's pictures. We haven't even touched yet from that yeah. set that, I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It makes, it immediately sets the tone of their site it is completely authentic. You immediately know what you're getting. And again, we're about to redo that site. We're going to be able to reuse a huge amount of that photography. It's an investment. I mean, it really is. It's not, people think it's, you're going to do it and it's going to be gone, but it's worth it. Say, yeah, it's, it, investment is a, is a perfect way to say it because you, you can then take those pictures and then throw your logo on it and boom, there's an ad for Google ads or there's a social post, you know, you need those, those compelling photos is what really brings, brings people in. So for sure. Yeah. And it's authentic when it's actually pictures of you and your team and your clients, Mm -hmm. people know the difference. And, um, I think the best scenario is to use, do a photo shoot, do original photography, get pictures of you, get pictures of your team, get pictures of you working with clients, whatever that looks like in your business, actual, even if you have to stage it, you know, have fun, laugh, have a good time yeah. with it, get, get shots of those. Um, and if you have to use stock photography, use the stock photography to supplement the original photography. So maybe it's just stock photos here and there that, that are pictures of people's hands doing something or, you know, that kind of zoomed in approach, but use original photography. And one big mistake with photography that I think we see a lot is uh, pictures of empty offices. What were yeah. you going to say? Pictures from phones? Yeah, say? I was going to say, we get a lot of, a lot of clients send, here's uh, my phone pictures that I've taken, yeah. and which our phones are getting really good for sure. But you have to think of it as when they're on your website, people have different size screens, you have different resolutions. We're getting 4K, even 8K now. Mm-hmm. So when you have these screens that it might look good on your phone, and you send it to us, but you have to think it's, we're going to put it as a header. It could be very pixelated, you know, it's, it's things like that. And it's very hard to even manipulate because we do a lot of custom things. So to be able to cut things out or, you know, do things like that, it's hard with the phone. So even if you had your own DSLR, that would even be 
you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah, would. Or take horizontal images. Horizontal, horizontal images too are really important because we can always make, not always, but a lot of times you can make horizontal, vertical, or square, yeah. but making square images horizontal or making vertical images horizontal is tough. Um, yeah. So those are good points. But, but also I was saying too, don't pay, take pictures of empty offices. Nobody yeah. wants to see your <laughs> yeah. empty office. Nobody cares about that. I, I know that sounds a little mean, but I think, I don't know if you said it, Ryan. I think you said, unless you're trying to sell your office, like it's a, yeah. it's a real <laughs> commercial real estate listing. It looks, yeah. It really does look like real estate or like an Airbnb or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say that it's again, back to the, back to the, it's supplementing. So if you can get original photography, again, that will last for a really long time. And then you can use those iPhone pictures to supplement in what you're doing on a daily basis. You can absolutely use that for social, absolutely yeah. use that for stuff. But if it is paired with just like five, <laughs> five really good pictures of what you do will mean the, the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And it shows, that, it shows your clients that you care more. I mean, again, there's another person on the other side of that screen. They're going to be able to tell that's a stock photo of a lemon yeah. and they're probably yeah. not going to eat at your restaurant because I don't know what you're going to hand me. We literally had a builder. This is crazy, but we had a builder come to us. I don't know if you guys remember this. And they had a whole portfolio gallery of the projects that they built, re interior remodels, exterior uh, builds. And we looked more into it. We're like, man, something's not right about these pictures. They were all stock photos. They were stock photos. <laughs> and, you know, that's the wrong use of a stock photo when you're actually showing, here's the work we've done, but we didn't do any of this actual work. That, that was crazy, right? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it's like, fret, like image plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And, and then that's not usually what people are doing. But, yeah, original photography is, it, it brings off as, of authenticity it brings trust it brings connection and people feel like oh the people i'm seeing on on this website are the people i'm actually going to meet with in person or talk to, on the phone with or whatever um all right brings me to my last thing as we wrap up is we talked about some of this already so we don't need to spend a ton of time on this is website when it comes to your website specifically your website header let's just talk about that website header because i know we talk about the website header a lot but you mentioned it before, Kaylee, the website header is it. That's where people are making decisions. Um, what did you say about the website header before that we can repeat? I mean, it is, it is the, you see them across the room moment. It, mm -hmm. The conversation that happens afterwards determines whether or not you leave with their phone number, but whether or not you go up to them, that's what your website header is, is you're trying to say, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. It's really, I mean, it's, it is the end all be all. This is what I want to communicate with you. It's setting the tone. It's setting the expectations of what it's going to be on this website. Um, yeah. I, again, you're making a thousand tiny decisions about what am I about to experience? What mindset am I getting? Am I in an educational mindset? Am I in a, consumeristic mindset? Am I in a artistic? Oh, and this is inspiring mindset. All of these different things can be done strictly through color and, pho and photography. And it's amazing the amount of information that can be conveyed without words. Yeah. 
Yep. It's good. It's that, that, that real first impression. And, you know, don't put a bunch of sliders and carousels that keep sliding. Now, if you want to put sliding pictures in the background, but keep your words there. Don't change words every, with every slider that goes across. That's just annoying. Um, but, but if you can, put people in the header. Put Absolutely. pictures of people. Now, I say that, and our website header does not have pictures of people because we sell websites, but, and, and we could. But I would say in a lot of cases, you, could, you can put pictures of people, you, or you working with clients is the best if you can make that happen, or pictures of your clients. Um, but make it clean, match your brand voice, put people, original photography. It's going to go a long, long way when it comes to design. So, man, we covered a lot of ground. You guys... I mean, yeah, we'll put in this episode, we'll uh, put some links uh, to some of the things we've talked about in the description. And, uh, you know, takeaways from this is hire somebody to do your logo, get your brand guidelines in place, and then build some build out some consistent uh, templates and things to use. And, and you'll go it'll go a long way for your business. Yep. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for joining me on this episode. And uh, I think, well, it's probably time for us to get back to work seriously. Cause yeah. I actually had to, I had to, our product project manager, Natalie, I had to say, all right, we're recording an episode with Ryan and Kaylee today. So if they don't answer you <laughs> on Voxer, it's because <laughs> we're actually recording an episode for the podcast. So seriously, it's probably about that time. So, so many things we could talk about design all day long. We love doing it. It's what we do. But yeah, if you haven't already, subscribe to get the free resource with this episode and every other episode at thelittlefishpodcast.com. I'll email you the resources. Also on that website, you can download each resource for each episode. So check that out. Also, the School of Marketing Masterclass is right around the corner. I would love to have you in the masterclass. It's going to be awesome. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk away with a plan for your business moving into next year, the end of this year, and the beginning of next year. And then finally, next episode, we are going to talk about a lot of different things, but specifically about conversion tracking. What is conversion tracking? It's how do you figure out where traffic is coming to, coming from to get to your website? How do you track? What do you track? And what is what do those numbers even mean? We're also going to talk a little bit about local SEO. So we're pivoting from, okay, you've got your messaging right. You've got your website right. You've got your lead magnet in place. You've got your compelling design like we talked about today. Now let's start figuring out how do we get traffic to your website and how do we measure that in a way that we can actually see what your return on investment is. So join us next episode where we talk about conversion tracking, where we talk about local SEO. You won't want to miss it. I'll see you then. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the School of Marketing.